0: On this Thursday episode of Locked on Canes, we will continue to ride that wave of positivity that we hopped onto yesterday, identifying more of the standouts and potential standouts that are going to help Miami find big-time success on the football field in 2022. Oh, we have some safeties to talk about, guys. Yes, we do. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your pods. Let's continue this bull run. We're also going to talk about the Vegas over-under. Do you think they got it wrong for how many games Miami is going to win this year? I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked On Canes. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime pregame and postgame show host on the Miami Hurricanes Radio Network, and I'm a South Florida sports radio vet. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we had a lot of fun yesterday as we began going through. Primarily offensive position groups, but individual players who I think are going to be standouts and a big reason why Miami is going to have a lot of success under Mario Cristobal and his coaching staff in the 2022 season. We focused on the quarterback room. Tyler Van Dyke, he's going to be the man, but if for any reason he's not, there is depth there. The tight end room is loaded. The running back room is as loaded as it's been in 20 years, my friends. And I wanted to move over to the defensive side of the football. But before I do, I have to give some extra love to a certain wide receiver. Now, uh, we actually talked about the receivers group in Tuesday's episode. This upset some people. I tried to explain the reason why I displayed this the way that I did. But I talked about the receiver room. As potentially being a weakness, not necessarily a strength, even though there's a lot of talent on down from Keyshawn Smith, Jacoby George, Brashard Smith. There are so many players in that receiving core that could make a big difference this year, but since Miami's losing their top two receivers from last year, Charleston Rambo, who set single-season records last year. Mike Harley, who set the career receptions record last year. You've got a lot of catches and a lot of touchdowns to replace. But I did give out some individual compliments to members of Miami's upcoming receiving core. And I need to double down on the compliments that I give to Xavier Restrepo. He's already showing it on the field in spring practice. He is by far Miami's best, most reliable option at slot receiver. Uh, He had some very good moments as a redshirt freshman last year. 24 receptions, 373 yards, two touchdown grabs. He averaged 15.5 yards per catch last year. Now, I've thrown this comparison out there for Xavier Restrepo. And I don't throw this out there lightly. I think there are a number of different reasons why you can compare Restrepo to Braxton Berrios, who was like last decade's version of what I think Restrepo is going to be this decade. So Braxton Berrios and Xavier Restrepo, outside of the body types and the skill sets being similar, I think the attitude is similar. And I think that's a really good thing when you're assessing Xavier Restrepo and you're comparing him to a guy like Braxton Berrios, something Berrios had that was very intangible when he played at Miami was he had leadership, he had swag, and he had confidence. And I see those same qualities in Restrepo. I mentioned the void being left by leaders like Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley who are moving on hopefully to the NFL And Restrepo had this to say midweek after practice, and I love hearing this because he realizes the vacuum that he can fill with his leadership. He said, quote, as soon as the older guys left last year, I immediately took charge, he said. I feel like it was kind of natural. As soon as they left, it picked up naturally. So you look at the 373 receiving yards Restrepo had last year. I think he's going to be better this season. He's going to have a full season of Tyler Van Dyke, throwing him the football versus a half season last year. And I think he's going to be demanding the football a lot. He may have double, if not more than double, the receiving stats that he had a year ago. We'll see if those 373 yards can turn into six or 700 yards. We'll see if those two touchdowns can turn into five or six touchdowns. Now, it's not only about scoring touchdowns. It's about stopping the other team from scoring touchdowns. I want to talk about the safeties. This is an area of the field that excites me. And Miami, in my lifetime, you talk about safety, you. I had the privilege of watching the entire collegiate career and also the entire NFL career of one Edward Reed. I had the privilege of, may he rest in peace, watching Sean Taylor play out his magnificent career at the University of Miami. I don't know if we have necessarily the next ST or Ed Reed currently on this roster, but it's a group that I get excited about. And my bullish energy has got to start with number zero, James Williams. He's going from the true freshman season to the redshirt freshman season. Six foot five, 225 pounds, and growing. I think he's going to continue to fill out in Miami's strength program. He does have now James Williams, who's one of the higher touted recruits to come to Miami at that position in a long time. He does sometimes let his aggression get the better of him. You know, we saw some of those fifteen yard penalties thrown. Personally, I would rather have a naturally aggressive player where you try to rein in it a little bit. I think it's easier to tame a wild horse than it is to try and teach a player who doesn't have that how to be more aggressive. So I'd rather have a guy like Williams where I could rein him in, uh, you know, rather than try to teach him how to play with a little bit more of that patented Miami swag. Uh, But you saw it throughout the year as number zero got more and more comfortable Uh, and also when he... Worked on his form tackling a little bit because I think earlier in the season he was trying too much just to sort of lay down the hit stick with the shoulder, and if the player didn't go down, they would get past him. Uh, The form of his tackling got a lot better throughout the season, but yeah, he's a very good open field tackler when he wants to be and when he concentrates on it, and he has that natural ability that the great safeties have where he can turn himself legally by the letter of the football rules, we hope, Into a human missile, he has that sort of ability to separate players from their senses and separate them from the football and create turnovers. Uh, He also hauled in a pair of interceptions last year, so he's got that ball hawking ability as well. Um, you know, the most notable game that James Williams was a factor in was Miami's upset victory on the road at Pittsburgh, and I know a lot of the focus was on the 38 points that Miami scored, but the two big stops to seal the win at the end, including the game-sealing interception, were both done by James Williams. So this is someone that uh, I-, I think now that he's going to have another full offseason season. In his wake heading into the 2022 year and he's going to put on a little bit more size a little bit more muscle and even more confidence this guy is going to be terrorizing opposing acc offenses and he's not even the only really good safety with the last name williams on the roster avante williams number 15 I'm excited about this player as well. Missed the early part of the season last year due to suspension. Came on very strong. Had a big interception against Georgia Tech. Had a really good game against Florida State. He is a really good form tackler and has got good instinct to stop the running game. He's a playmaker. Between Avante Williams and James Williams, Miami is in great hands, and that's not even including Cameron Kinchin's He's a ball hawk out of Miami Northwestern. He had some really good games as well, was very good against Georgia Tech and Florida State as Avante Williams was. So the returning safeties in Miami's safety room in really good hands. And I also like the coaching that they're going to get from the defensive backs coach, Jamil Adai. This is one of the rare situations. And I think we've seen Mario Cristobal do this numerous different times with the staff hires that he's made. When Miami loses a really good coach, like they lost Rhett Lashley, their offensive coordinator, he went to SMU to be the head coach, lost a really good offensive coordinator, you go and actually upgrade. You go and get Michigan's offensive coordinator to leave that job to come to Miami and Josh Gaddis. I think Miami did the same thing with their defensive backs coach. They lost T-Rob, Travaris Robinson, who I thought, hey, it's going to be really hard to upgrade from that guy And I think on paper they did it. They went and got Jameel Adai, who comes over from Georgia. So that defensive backs group is in really good hands, both coaching-wise and personnel-wise. Now when we come back, let's talk about Miami's win total. Where does Vegas and where do the national publications expect Miami to finish record-wise next season? Are they setting the bar too low? We'll discuss. Our next partner, they have a product I use literally every day. I've talked about this before. Uh, I am in my own health renaissance this past October. Wanted to drop my pandemic weight, wanted to lower my cholesterol, and Athletic Greens is something that's really helped me do that. That's when I started taking AG1. I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy. I wanted to optimize my immune system. I hated taking all those pills and vitamins every day. I've been on AG1 now for 20 weeks. I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's got kind of a mild tropical taste that, guys, I actually look forward to taking it every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things, my friends. Tons of people, like I used to do, take some kind of multivitamin. And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro-habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can actually do every single day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight out there. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, guys. That is it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy... Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen of the day. So, heading into the 2022 season. Keeping in mind Miami, final year of Manny Diaz last year, uh, we saw the arrival of Tyler Van Dyke, second half of the season at quarterback after D'Erik King's season-ending injury. It was a season of ups and downs. Had there been more ups, maybe Manny Diaz would still be the coach, although that's doubtful because I think Miami saw the opportunity to upgrade with Mario Cristobal, and they jumped at that opportunity. But Miami went 7-5 and five overall last year, 5-3 and three inside the ACC couple of the futures odds from las vegas for next year some sports books have the hurricanes 40 to 1 to win a national championship others have them 60 to 1 to win a title you know you have a few dollars you never really want to see again you might want to think about that i'm, I'm certainly not going to favor miami or think that they're ready to win a championship just yet but how many games are they going to win okay 24 7 sports they do annual preseason predictions, and they reserve the right to update these and change these when we get closer to the season, of course. But as of today, Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports projected Miami at nine wins this coming season. Brad Crawford, also from 24-7, commented on that, and he says his best bet is to go over nine wins. He says, quote, admittedly, this is on the most optimistic side of preseason projections but being bullish on the hurricanes in 2022 probably won't make you too many friends he said in fact miami might be a year away from competing at the top of the acc coastal for annual division titles by the way i disagree with that i think miami uh should be favored this year in the coastal right and I think they're going to be in the conversation to win the conference. But in the Coastal, I think they should be favored. Uh, He doesn't necessarily think so. He says, but let's go ahead and buy the early stock at the current price, he says. The road game at Texas A&M in September is the only matchup on the slate that you can strike through as a loss. All others, that's up for debate, he says. If Mario Cristobal's program does find a way to escape Kyle Field with a win in Week 3, Cash out early because the Hurricanes are heading towards double-digit victories, he says. And yeah, that's going to be a tough game. Miami is going to be an underdog at Texas A&M. I think they're also probably going to be a mild underdog on the road at Clemson. Um, I feel a lot better about the Clemson game than I do about Texas A&M. I will say, though, that If I'm going to get Texas A&M on my schedule on the road, I'd rather it be this year than a couple years down the road because with the insane recruiting class that the Aggies just pulled in, top recruiting class in the country, uh, and I think they're projected very high already for next year, two, three years down the road, that team is going to be a juggernaut unless they just can't develop any of that talent for whatever reason. But no, I think... Being on the positive side of nine wins and thinking probably around 10, it's going to be the sweet spot for the Canes. I really think that's a safe pick because going through Miami's schedule, outside of the couple games that Mr. Elliott mentioned there, most of the other tougher opponents you have are opponents you're going to face at home. And yeah, there's some cream puffs on the schedule. So Miami will open up at home against Bethune-Cookman. Unless some sort of catastrophe strikes, you're winning that game by many, many touchdowns. Same thing for Southern Miss the following week. Another home game. Then week three, very tough one on the road at Texas A&M. That's probably an L. Home against Middle Tennessee, September 24th. That should be a W. Home against North Carolina. Uh, That was a team Miami nearly defeated on the road last year before their misfire in their final drive cost them that dub. That's a winnable game at home this year. On the road against Virginia Tech, home against Duke, on the road against Virginia, home against Florida State. Miami found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory against Florida State last year on the road. Uh, Miami better on paper than Florida State. Although, listen, I, I know that's a rivalry game and Florida State really had no business beating Miami last year. They had a brilliant first half. Miami couldn't do enough in the second half. Tyler Van Dyke, for as good as he was in the second half of that game, was terrible in the first half of that game. So, yeah, I'll never call Miami versus Florida State. I'll never call it a guaranteed win because of the rivalry, but that should be a win for Miami on the road against Georgia Tech, on the road against Clemson, home against Pittsburgh at the end of that season. So I'm – I'm thinking 10-2 and regular season for Miami. Uh, I could see them certainly losing the Texas A&M game on the road. And then you kind of play this interesting game of mental chess because typically the way these things go is, if I think Miami's going to win 10 games next year, they're probably going to win a game that they're maybe not supposed to win or not favored to win. And then, yeah, they're going to drop at least a game somewhere that they should win, and they just can't get it over the goal line or over the finish line. So I could see Miami more than likely losing to Texas A&M on the road, potentially even beating Clemson on the road, but then dropping something like the North Carolina game or the Virginia Tech game, even the Florida State game, a game that they're supposed to win, and they just can't get it done. And that reminds me um, – At some point within the next week, and of course, we drop these daily, five days a week, you can get a new episode of Locked on Canes wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance, give us a five-star rating and leave us a nice review as well. If you enjoy the show, let people know you're enjoying it. Uh, But within the next week, I'm going to have on a beat writer for the Oregon Ducks to talk a little bit about Mario Cristobal's game day coaching, right? Because... He's got an amazing reputation as a recruiter, one of the best recruiters in the country. In fact, Nick Saban, his former boss, referred to him during his time at Alabama as the best recruiter in the country. But the times people have criticized Mario has been for his actual game day decisions. So I want to get the inside scoop on that from someone who covered the Oregon Ducks more closely than I did about what Mario's game day coaching is actually about. But I want to circle back to something that Brad Crawford from 24 seven sports mentioned in his piece when he, he's actually picking Miami is I agree to win more than nine games next year, but something that he said in that article, it makes me chuckle a little bit. He says being bullish on the hurricanes in 2022 probably won't make you too many friends. What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> I have an idea. Miami is, again, becoming the football program that people love to hate. You know, you go back to late 80s, early 90s, Jimmy Johnson era. People hated Miami because of the celebrations. They hated Miami's dances. They hated Randall Hill running through the tunnel after scoring a touchdown in the Cotton Bowl. They hated Miami showing up in the fatigues. They just became a target. They became a target on everyone's dartboard, right? You had Sports Illustrated calling for them to cancel the football program. You fast forward about a decade and a half. The Nevin Shapiro scandal made people hate Miami. Now, all of a sudden, Miami goes out and they devote all of their resources in the administration. And they're conjuring up big time monetary donations to go and build an all-star coaching staff. They're trying to put Miami football back on the map. And they're doing it so dramatically and so quickly that people on the outside are looking in or saying, wait, where's this money coming from? How how are they doing this? Where, Where was all this money and where was all this attention for the last 20 years when the program was stuck in quicksand? It's making a lot of people upset. Now, From the outside looking in, if you want to make Miami a target on your dartboard again, by all means, have at it, enjoy it. From inside that bubble, right? I'm inside the Miami Hurricanes bubble. I would imagine most of you listening to this, unless you listen because you hate the program, you probably listen because you love Miami football. Enjoy being the bad guy again. Because when you're the bad guy again, when you're the team that everyone loves to hate on, it probably means you're doing something right to become relevant again. So I will take that. And I think uh, Brad Crawford realizes giving a bullish prediction on Miami is probably going to make some of his readers upset. Not this reader, sir. (laughs) Me. I'm reading your piece, and I am enjoying it. When we come back, got a couple of uh, encouraging progress reports on Miami's early enrollees, how they're doing in spring football so far, because you don't know what to expect. A true freshman comes in. You should be going to your prom in about a month. Instead, you enrolled early. How behind are you going to be learning a college football system and playing with collegiate athletes? Miami's got a couple of early enrollees who are doing really, really well. We will talk about them when we come back. But let's talk about betonline.net. Guys, betonline, I am so in and I am so bullish, to use that word of the day here, on your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Guys, that's so important. No matter how experienced you are in the betting space, you probably don't know everything. To have experts like the ones at Bet Online giving you the tips and insights you need, it goes a long way. Head over to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at LockedonKanes. We do follow back. Even Florida State and Florida fans, believe it or not, we want as many people to see our tweets as possible and interact with all the fans out there. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to close out the week really strong, and it's going to be our new Friday tradition, keeping up with the cane. We're going to talk to a former Miami player on tomorrow's episode who has been in a national championship winning locker room and also started for a team that lost a national championship game in heartbreaking fashion. So make sure you tune in to tomorrow's episode for that. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a very positive note from spring football so far. Uh, We have already talked extensively about the tight end room where we sang the praises of true freshman Jaleel Skinner flipped from Alabama to Miami late in the recruiting cycle. He's an early enrollee, which is great because you get a head start compared to the freshmen who don't arrive early. And he's already drawing rave reviews. Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald wrote this week, freshman Jaleel Skinner, perhaps the best tight end nationally in the 2022 recruiting class, has made several nice catches this spring. It's a spirited competition between Skinner and Elijah Arroyo for the number two job behind Will Mallory, who is sidelined for the remainder of spring ball with a shoulder injury. Skinner had a long catch from Jake Garcia in Tuesday's practice. Arroyo, Jackson writes, as we would expect, is more advanced physically after a year of college football, but Skinner is pushing. And We talked about Skinner. He's got great height uh, over 6'5", but he's still kind of growing into his frame a little bit, so he doesn't quite have the size that Arroyo has. And another freshman early enrollee who, as expected, is playing very well. We haven't featured this group, at least not yet. Uh We did talk about them as a potential weakness, actually, but the linebacking core, linebacker Wesley Blisaint, has worked mostly with the second team, Jackson writes, but his skill set is evident. He was limited in practice last week with an undisclosed issue Quote, he's a smart kid, his teammate Keontre Smith said. He understands the defense faster than other freshmen would. That is his advantage. We talked last week when it comes to the quarterback room about true freshman quarterback Ja'Curry Brown, who's doing very well. And how about this? According to Barry Jackson, out of the freshman early enrollees, the guy who's been the most impressive of the four, Cyrus Moss, the edge rusher, had a strong scrimmage, looks positioned to be a rotation player this season. Quote, he's quick and twitchy, Keontre Smith said. He's able to rush the quarterback. Mario Cristobal has called Skinner and Moss the two best players at their positions in the country in the 2022 class. So you love to hear that. Guys, thank you again for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on NFL draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.